Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey, I'm Matt, host of my second self and I on the Podmoth Media Network. I'm only asking for a couple minutes of your time so I can shamelessly tell you about my podcast. My Second Self and I is a unique podcast because instead of an actual other person, Alex, my co-host, is the audible manifestation of one of the many other voices in my head. Sounds weird, but it kind of works. Well, sure, that sounds interesting, you might be thinking. But you might also be thinking, well, what kind of pod is it, Matt? My Second Self and I is a comedy show about true crime. What? How does that work? I believe that with the right tone of voice, different voices, and good storytelling, that even a gruesome story about a serial killer can be told in a way that doesn't leave you feeling gritty or gross. Don't worry, I can see you scratching your head. I understand the murder isn't the funny part, rather it's how I tell the story that gets you to laugh. So, what kind of stories can we expect? Great question. You can expect anything from serial killers, missing persons, cold cases, conspiracy theories, paranormal entities, cults, and pretty much anything within the general vicinity of weird slash unexplainable is on the table. You can also expect a certain level of professionalism in that I will do my very best to present the most accurate information I can, as well as being entertaining and engaging. That sounds like a good time to you. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. My second self and I. Tell your friends and stay kind. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Doe Identify podcast. I am your host, Haley, and today this episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm just doing one case for this episode. There is so much information on this man, and I just find his case super interesting, and I think it will definitely stand alone as its own case. Don't worry, it's not gory or anything like that. We actually don't even know the circumstances in which he passed away, so no trigger warning or anything like that for this episode. This case caught my attention because it is one of the most specific cases and specific people I have ever come across in the Doe community and I'm just shocked that he hasn't been identified yet because it's somewhat of a new case. But the pool of people that this person could be is so incredibly small and so I just hope me covering it could lead to getting some resolution or even just a few tips if possible. On January 10th, 2011, in Greenwich, England, a young man was discovered in the River Thames at Ballast Quay. Ballast Quay is a street in downtown London. This river starts just outside of Kember, England, which is right between Gloucester and Swindon. I think I said Gloucester properly. It goes through downtown London and its suburbs then shoots out into the North Sea. So it's a very long river that goes through very many populous areas. This means it's difficult to determine where he entered the river, but we do know that he was in the river for about seven days. This young man who was 25 to 30 years old was likely Asian, specifically Indian and had short black hair, brown eyes, and a medium build. He was 173 to 183 centimeters, which for us in the States is 5'8 to 6 feet. He had two tattoos, one on his right arm that said Kamal, and one on his right hand that was either 984 or 786, depending on how you look at it and with it fading over time. 
He was found with two cross necklaces, one wooden rosary and one on a silver chain. I looked into the numbers of the tattoos and I'm thinking that 984 could point to Psalm 984, which is make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth, break forth into joyous song and sing praises. 786 has different meanings for other religions such as Islam, but with him being found with not one but two crosses, I felt like that was a little bit unlikely. 786 can be translated from the Gematria, a Jewish form of numerology. I'm horrible at pronouncing Hebrew words, so excuse me there. But this form of numerology is phrased or means salvation. I was trying to kind of understand, but it looks like 786 somehow means salvation. It also could be referring to Psalm 786, and that is that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. He was found with many other items, so I hope I can stay organized through this. Let's just start with the most identifying things first. He was found with an Italian driver's license and a National Health Service card with the name Verinder Singh. He also had a Selco trade card, which is like America's Home Depot or Lowe's. But to get one of these cards, you have to provide proof of business, which indicates that he was a tradesperson of some sort. Selco is only in the UK, so it seems he had lived in the UK for a while if he got one of these cards, and especially since he had the NHS card, and for those who do not know, for my US listeners, that is UK's healthcare system over there. He was also found with a TV license card. I had never heard of this, but I guess you need a license to watch cable TV in the UK. And this just goes to fund the BBC. If you don't have a TV license and you're caught watching TV in your home, you can get fined. I had no idea this was a thing. But anyways, Verinder had one of these licenses on him, further showing he had likely spent time in the UK for a while. In fact, the only thing that didn't really point to him living in the UK was his Italian driver's license. He was found with a T-Mobile top-up card indicating that he had a prepaid phone. A few months after he was found, T-Mobile UK merged with a company called Orange, but it was around when he was alive in the UK. He also had a photo of a female on him, but no sources have further information on this image, nor do they include this image. I'm not even sure if they were able to like make out her face or anything if it had been sitting in the water with him all that time. The photo and the top-up card and all of the other things that I listed previously were found in a brown wallet. For clothing, he was wearing a lot, but granted, this was in January, so bear with me here. He was wearing a gray jumper, a gray t-shirt, a black tracksuit with blue stripes, a green baseball vest, black slacks, and green tracksuit bottoms. He also was wearing white Adidas shoes and a black belt with a silver buckle. The image used for his case is actually the image that he has on his Italian ID, but this leads me to a few questions. 
First off, in all of the sources that I used for this website, everyone is saying that he's 25 to 30. And I'm just wondering why they maybe don't have a specific age that he was whenever he was found because he was found with this ID. Surely he has, you know, a birthday on his ID, just like every ID has. And I'm also wondering if they have that birthday, why haven't they released his birthday to the press? Because I feel like that would make things way easier for the investigation and for people to identify him. The Barking and Dagenham Post does report that police visited the address on his ID and the current residents didn't know who he was. This personally doesn't mean much to me because the people in my previous addresses likely have no idea who I am, not even considering that he could have been renting and then moved to the UK and just used that address, but in reality only lived there for about a year. So I'm not sure if police are maybe suspecting that it was a fake ID and they don't want to say that in their sources, but it's just so interesting to me that they are using his image and the image that I'm using for my cover art, you can see in my sources that it is just a close-up image of his actual ID that they pulled out of the water with him. So that means that it's extremely likely that the birthday was visible if the address was visible and his picture. I looked into his name and it's very common, especially for people of Indian descent, as is his last name being Singh. I tried looking on Facebook to see if there are any inactive profiles with his name in London, but there are dozens of men with his same name. I also accessed the UK's Google and I did find two possible matches. One, the years are a bit off, but a man with the same name went missing after being abducted. It's reported that he was a prisoner in Punjab, India, but he had escaped. This man would have been born in 1967, making him 43, which is about 10 years off from our victim. And normally 10 years is a pretty big age range for me to consider you know, a case like that um, to be a match. But to me, if he was in the water for seven days, I just feel like maybe he wasn't as recognizable. I'm not entirely sure. But there is also a video that I came across of a family looking for their son. It was posted in 2020 and their son was 29 then, making their son 19 in 2010. It was posted by an Indian news station, News 87. The image of their son used looks very similar to the driver's license photo. I left a link to his missing persons profile on the video, but of course I cannot understand what they're saying in the video to submit a tip to the family directly, as in like how to contact the family or the police department, but I did leave the link in their Facebook page. So hopefully that news channel has some type of contact with the family. I will leave the video and the Facebook post in my episode show notes. If any of you are able to translate and contact the family somehow, that would be amazing. However, a very important note here is their posters that they're holding up in the photo 
says Verinder with an E instead of an A, while the post from the news station says Verinder with an A. So I'm not sure what happened here. I would assume the family would know how to spell their loved one's name, but then again, I would also hope that a news station can spell someone's first name correctly, especially a first name that is as common as Verinder. I did submit both of these tips to the UK Missing Persons Unit just in case they did get back to me and said that they received it and just kind of like the basic thank you so much for submitting the tip as a response. I, however, cannot figure out his connection to Italy with it looking as though he spent so much time in the UK. His name is so common that it makes it hard to sort through all of the Google results. I do think this is a matter of the right person seeing his image as it's his real ID photo. There are suggestions on all of the forums that the ID wasn't actually his, and that's what's kind of causing a little bit of confusion with the investigation. But I haven't seen any detectives or sources say this, and they do use that image for his case file, so surely the body that they found, unfortunately, hopefully that would match up with the ID photo, and that is why they're using it. Perhaps my listeners in the UK can speak for this, but I would assume that they could use his NHS card and look up some type of emergency contact person, health records, because that's how our insurance cards are. I've never actually like seen a real NHS card in the flesh, but I am just curious about that as well as looking up his ID with Italian police, because from my understanding here in the US, my ID can be linked to my family members and that's why we have security questions about mother's maiden names, so on and so forth. It's all just so strange to me on how they have not been able to find who this young man is yet. But if you know who he could be, or if you know his family, please submit a tip to the UK Missing Persons team through the form linked in my show notes. It's super easy for the UK. You don't even have to talk to anyone. You don't have to make sure that you're calling during their business hours if you're in a different country. You can just submit it and they responded to me within the next business day. So thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all don't mind that this is going to be possibly a shorter episode with just one case, but I thought this case was one that had a ton of detail. I do want to make one request before I leave. I came across an extremely disturbing case about a young girl on one of the unidentified websites that I follow and I was going to attempt to cover it but I literally got nauseated while even just researching it and I cannot bring myself to to cover it without crying or worse. So I just want to ask you all to please go on to the Doe Identified Podcast Facebook page and just look at her image. Maybe look at some of the information on the case. You don't have to dive deeper or anything, but if you all could just look at her image, that would be amazing. Again, that's Doe Identified Podcast on Facebook. 
Thank you all so much for listening. listened to my podcast for a while, you will know my dogs are literally my children. With them both being rescues, we had no idea what their breeds were, so I ended up doing some digging on doggy DNA tests. I ended up choosing Wisdom Panel, and let me tell you, this experience was so amazing. The results were super fun to receive, and they were actually super helpful in training them. For example, with Ranger being a lab mix and already being a husky mix, it makes it way easier to understand their quirky behaviors. Wisdom Panel also lets you know if your dog is at risk for any particular diseases and arguably one of the best parts of Wisdom Panel is they connect you with your dog's family members across the world. So when we tested their DNA, a bunch of little puppies' faces popped up and it tells you what percentage of DNA that they share. So it was just so cool. Because I loved my experience with Wisdom Panel, I signed up for their affiliate program so you all can save some money on it and enjoy it as well. You can get $20 off a cat or dog DNA test when you use the link in the episode show notes, or you can simply go to share.wisdompanel.com slash podcast to get your coupon code. Chewy is once again one of my partnerships for this podcast. Chewy is one of the longest partnerships I have on this podcast and it's for a great reason. We started using Chewy when we got our first dog ranger in college which was like four years ago because it helped us save so much money through their auto ship program. Now that we have two dogs we go through way more food now and the auto ship program takes remembering to buy them their food every month off my plate completely. All I did was set up the frequency I want their food to be delivered and it comes every single month. If you would like to try out the AutoShip program, you can save 30% on your first order using my link in the show notes. If you have a fur baby, I know you will love Chewy as much as I do. to the Doe Identify podcast. This episode was researched and recorded by me. This episode was edited by G. Hamilton. Our episode's music is by Coma Media. Tune in next time to hear more cases about unidentified victims on your favorite listening platform. Join me on social media at the Doe Identify podcast for updates to chat about cases. See you next time.